Hello and welcome to the Hush No More Champions podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vanessa Dunn-Guyton, and I hope you enjoy the show. Dr. Vanessa Dunn-Guyton, and I am the proud founder and executive director of Hush No More. Hush No More provides training to communities that need more awareness training on the Hush topic, sexual assault, domestic violence, sex trafficking, child sexual abuse, incest. We talk about all those topics in the community that people have a hard time discussing. And then we saw support survivors when they're ready to come forward and share their story because that you have a right to tell it. We provide resources. We have a listening ear, so you can reach out to us at any time if you're going through anything, and we're here for you. And so that is the whole premises behind Hush No More. So tonight, I am honored to have Crystal Fry with her, here with me today. She is phenomenal. I just love her to death. And I'm excited because our topic tonight is one of those things that you're like, should I listen in? You know what this is going to be about. So it is, is her or me? One has to go. So Crystal, welcome, welcome, welcome. I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Thank you, my dear. It is such a pleasure to be here. Um, thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity to be here with you. Um, so yes, an introduction. My name is Crystal Fry. Um, I serve as an empowerment coach for women. Specifically, I am working with women who happen to be entrepreneurs as well. Um, and what I do for those women who are in my space is I help them realize because a lot of us don't, that they indeed are good enough to do exactly what it is that they want to do. That everything that has been placed inside of them, their dreams, their desires, they didn't come from nothing. They were placed there with a reason and with a purpose. But most of us struggle with understanding that we deserve to have our desires fulfilled. And that is right in with our topic for tonight. You know, it's her or me, but one of them has to go. And, you know, this came about from my own experience and getting into that space of, I realized one morning as I was looking in the mirror at myself that, you know, there was her and she, the her, she was beautiful and she was fabulous and she was funny and everyone liked her and everyone wanted to be around her and she was fantastic. And then there was me and I didn't like me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you probably don't have to look too far to realize that I'm talking about the same person, mm -hmm. but it was the me that I didn't want anyone to see. It was the me who was vulnerable. It was the me who had flaws. It was the me who did not want to get out of bed in the morning. It was the me who was very frustrated when no one could tell me in my house what they wanted for dinner. It was the me who would get angry about things. It was the me that I didn't want anyone else to see. I wanted to be her because everyone liked her and maybe not everyone would like me. But here's the deal. You can't have them both, not and truly be happy. So that is that is the it's her or me. And that's such a 
big topic to dig into tonight. So I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, it is a big topic. And a lot of us can relate, not just women, but men too. We lead these false lives. Like I always tell people that I have a smile that people would love, but in the inside I was broken. And so I can definitely relate to that. When you told me the whole premises behind why you speak and where you've been, I was like, man, that is me. We have to talk about that because I meet people every day that are not living true and authentic and they have a smile, but they're broken, you know, and, yes. and have to choose which life. Why do you think that you were too in that place? What made you get into that broken place? Oh, there are a lot of things, really. Um, I've done a lot of work in, uh, in examining, <laughs> examining like what led to this, because for me, I did not, I didn't grow up with anyone telling me outright, you can't do this or, you know, you're not good enough. I don't ever recall anyone saying the words to me, you're not good enough to do whatever. There were a couple of places where I pinpointed some things and, and I will, you know, throw this out, out here and just say, Almost everything that we experience as we come to be adults, almost all of our beliefs and everything that we see, how we see ourselves, all of those things, they stem back from different parts of our childhood mm -hmm. because that's where we that's where our belief system starts. We absorb what we see when we're children. We do not know how to filter it. We simply take it in as it is. And that forms our perception. It forms our belief system. And so there were a couple of little tiny things that I was able to kind of look back and see, oh, wow, that could that could have been a, a point. Um, for instance, when I was a, when I was a child, <clears throat> I loved to sing. Right. Like I am a huge, huge, huge. My childhood singing idol was Tina Turner. No <laughs> joke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Put on some rolling on the river and you have one little girl who is prancing around and can't sit still. I mean, just I was absolutely in love with her. And and so I would sing all the time. And I can't remember what I was in my room one day and I was singing and I had like headphones on. And I think I had like a like a portable compact disc player or it might have been a Walkman. You know, it's, you know, yeah. it's back in the day before like iPods and stuff like that. <laughs> But I was singing to myself and um, I can't remember if it was my mom or my sister who said something. It wasn't like ugly, you know, but I wanted to be a, a singer. And the comment was, oh, well, you know, you, you got to get a real job. You know, it was and it, again, it wasn't like you're horrible, but those small little things there, we take those into ourselves and we process them as oh, well, I can't be a singer. You know, I, I can't pursue that because that's not a serious job. You know, that's not something that is going to be acceptable because that's what we want. We want to be loved and we want to be accepted. It's a basic human desire is to have that human connection. And so what we do is we grow up and we start to, because, you know, when you look at children, they're free, Right. They don't care what you think about them. They will dance around. They will prance around. They will say and do things. They are free. As we start to get older and we start to actually pay attention to how people respond to us, 
and what those interactions look like. If we say or do something that does not result in love, affection, you know, praise, approval, then our child minds look at that and equate that with, oh, well, that's bad. I shouldn't do that. You know, if it's not going to get me the attention that I'm looking for, then I shouldn't do that. And so as, you know, just going through my life, that is, I've always been a, I say I'm a, I've always been a people pleaser, but I've always wanted to make people happy, right? I've, I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to make people happy. And so that is how I learned to find and grow affection. I learned that if I wanted to be liked and accepted and loved, then I needed to do things that made other people happy. Didn't matter if it made me happy. It just needed to make them happy. And that is a pattern that I established very early in my life. Because again, I was a helper, right? Like I was the teacher's pet. You know, like I was the one who stood up and took names when the teacher left the classroom. <laughs> because I wanted to, I wanted that um, adult approval. And so that really led me down a path where I, I hate to say that I woke up one morning. It was really kind of a slow realization for me that um, I didn't even know who I was because I'd spent my whole life trying to be what it was that everybody else wanted me to be so that they would like me. And there was no, you know, that me that was in the mirror, the one who got angry, who had um, kind of a bad temper, who just really was in that space of trouble, just just troubled because I had no identity of my own. I mean, I was really just kind of in that place of, I wanted to be her because everyone liked her. She was what everyone wanted, but she wasn't me. She was like the mask so that everyone would like me. And, you know, as it turns out, um, like I'm really a pretty cool individual like me, you know, like not even her, like me. I'm pretty cool. Right. <laughs> so when you realize that you didn't know who you were, and I will tell you, a lot of us do not know who we are at certain stages in our lives. You know, we transition from teenage, you know, child, teenager, you in our 20s. I am definitely not the woman that I was in my 20s. Thank Absolutely God. Absolutely not. You know, my 30s, we're still trying to figure it out. By 40, I'm like, yes, I think I have it. And then I talk to my friends that are in their 50s and 60s, and I realize that I'm still learning and I don't. You know? <laughs> and then if you're in a marriage, if you get a divorce, when your children are grown, who are you outside of mm. children and your husband, your wife, you know, outside of your job? Who is this person? Yes. And nobody tells us how to find it. Nobody tells us that other people experience the same. <laughs> like you feel like you're the only person that is lost and you might be transitioning through in your career, you mm. know, and what's next. And so I really like the fact that we're talking about it so that people know that they're not alone. This happens to all of us. <sighs> it really does. Mm -hmm. It really does. This is not a unique journey. It's not a unique situation to find yourself in where you don't really know who you are. 
because I mean, I have a, a girlfriend of mine who her kids are now um, grown. And and just recently she said to me, you know, um, I'm kind of having fun rediscovering what I like now that, you know, my kids aren't here to dictate, you know, like who's going to eat what for dinner, you know, like what do they like, all of those things. And I look at that and I think to myself, yeah, like I don't want to wait until my children are gone, um, you know, until they're grown and out of the house before I start really enjoying the things that I like, regardless of whether they like them. My, I live in a house full of male people. Okay. I have two sons and a husband and my dog is a, my dog is male too. So it's just like, it's good to be queen. Okay. There is no princess. It's, it's good to be queen. But the, the thing is, it's like, we're very different. We are very different. Like take food, for instance. I happen to like food that's pretty decently healthy most of the time. I also like cookies. I like cookies a lot. <laughs> but, you know, like I will eat like greens and I will eat I will eat kale. I like kale. My kids and my husband look at me like I am. They're like, why? You know, like, why? I'm like, because I like it. But we don't like it. Why well, am I not making you eat it? I want to eat it. So that's fine that you don't like it. And I think a lot of times we struggle to get to that place where it's okay for me to like or dislike things that are different from the people in your house or the people in your job or the people that you are, you know, that you closely associate with, whether it's friends, family, whatever. It's okay to not have the same goals, to not have the same objectives, to not have even the same opinion, dare I say it. You know, I've, I've been married for 18 years. Let me tell you, my husband and I differ opinions on a lot of things. Right. That's okay. That's okay. Because we're aligned on the things that really matter, on the important things. You know, we, we have um, sometimes healthy debates, we'll call them, on other things. But, you know, when you realize that you're in that place where you maybe you don't really know who you are, know that you're not alone and know that you don't have to go through the process of figuring it out by yourself either. You don't. How did you figure it out? How did you get? Because we haven't really figured it out completely. Right. We're still growing. We're still. Yeah, learning. You never you never. Arrived. never right. And that was kind of sad. That was I was sad the day that I realized that I'm never going to arrive <laughs> like I'm always going to be learning. I was like, are you kidding me? Do I still have to go through life? You know, you're still learning. But what was that that moment that you said, I have to find me? What made that day special that you started having a voice, that you started speaking up, that you started saying, it's all right if you don't agree with me. I have an opinion. What sparked that for you? So I spent a very large amount of my life trying to figure out my purpose. Um, I I grew up in church. I've always had a, um, I think I mentioned to you this to you when we were talking um, before, I honestly believe that I was created for comic relief. 
um, because the the conversations that I have um, with God are really pretty hilarious. I honestly think that like that's part of my role here is to make him laugh. And I'm cool with that because he who laughs at himself will never run out of good material. But for me, I struggled so much to try to figure out what I was supposed to do. Like, what was my purpose? And that really, it bothered me for a very, very long time. And several years ago, I was fortunate enough to be invited to a very small, intimate um, intimate group setting, uh, all women. There are about 20 of us there, 20, 25. And it was hosted by a very, I mean, just like the other half of my heart. Um, and I can't even call her. I mean, I call her so many things, coach, mentor, friend, sister, like just she's all the things to me. And she asked a question of the group. And the question was, if you could ask God for one thing, what would it be? And the immediate word in my mind was hope. Now, here's where the comic relief comes in, because as soon as that came up in my mind, like my internal dialogue went hope. Why would I ask God for hope? I don't need hope. I'm not hopeless. Like, I mean, like this whole dialogue. Okay. That was actually the catalyst for me to start digging in because I couldn't get it out of my mind. I couldn't, it, it was there constantly. And so that actually led me into um, taking her on as my coach and digging into why I was feeling this way, why I was feeling like there was something missing. Um, there was a woman there that night who actually put a name to it. And when she said it, I just, I about fell out of my chair. She called it the divine ache. And I was just like, oh my gosh, right? I mean, like the mind blown emoji like went off in my head because that's exactly what it was. It was this piece that was missing. And as I was working with her, I realized that the piece that was missing was me. Like it, it was the me, the me part, not the mom, not the wife, not the employer, not the friend, not the sister, not the daughter, not all of the roles that I had. It was me, the core of who I am, because I pushed her down and I, I buried her deep because she, I didn't feel like she was what anyone wanted. She's not what people wanted to see. And so that really um, started me down that, that path of discovery is really what it was. And, and I kind of laugh when you said, um, you know, you're a little sad the day that you realize that we don't arrive. Like, <laughs> right. we never get there. Like, we don't. We're constantly evolving and growing. And, you know, interestingly enough, as you as you look at the ages, I was just reading earlier today um, in a book that said most success, most people who find, you know, like true, real success it doesn't happen until like they're between 40 and 60 and and not necessarily, you know, people in careers or things like that. Yes, right. you, but in our own lives, like we don't even really get to know ourselves that well until we get older. Why? Because we stop caring about what people think about us. 
But you know, nobody tells you that. Everybody tells you that you'll go to high school, you'll finish college, you know, if you do go that route, and then you're going to have this amazing career. You might be a doctor or a lawyer. They have this plan for you, but that is not life. And no. I know that we could mentor our children to tell them that is not what life is. It's not this automatic path. Our experiences play a big role. So yes. I, I'm going to ask you something. What is the name of your coach? Who is who is your coach? Oh, her name is April Lewis. April Lewis. Okay. So yes. April Lewis, thank you so very much for pouring into Crystal. <laughs> yes. Yes, my love. <laughs> well, you got to I mean, really. And like just what you said just now is so very accurate. Like our path. Oh, my goodness. Listen, when I was in high school. I met my husband when I was in high school. So I'm one of those very rare lucky people who actually met and married my high school sweetheart and have somehow managed to maintain my marriage. Okay. Okay. And I'm, I'm just going to say that because it's, it's definitely had some highs and some lows. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, but when I, in that process, like when I was, when all of my friends were applying to colleges and, you know, I mean, I took the SATs, I did all of that stuff. I was a super great student in school, um, of course, because I needed to people please, right? And people yeah. wanted to see good grades. And so I made sure I got them. Um, but as people were, you know, deciding what they were going to do, I wanted to be a housewife. Like I wanted to marry, I wanted to get married and I wanted to have my babies and I wanted to take care of my family and I wanted to wear pearls and vacuum my kitchen. You know what I mean? Like 1950s, leave it to beaver, right? Like that, that was what I wanted because I'm a caregiver. I want to take care of my family. That's what I wanted to do. I definitely could have gone to college right out of high school and I would have gotten scholarships and I would have, you know, taken a whole different path. I didn't go back to, I say back to school. I didn't go to college to get my degree until I was oh, like 30. 30 yeah. yeah, I was like 31 maybe when I decided that I was going to go. I was working full time, had two kids, had extracurricular activities, everything else. I could only take one class at a time because that's all that. So it took me five years to get my degree. And through that whole process, like, honestly, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't even know why I did that. I do know why I did that. I did that because that was what was expected. I needed to get a degree. Yeah, you had to have a degree because people thought yes. by 30, you should have a degree. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I needed to get a degree so that I could be an adult. Yeah. Right. Like, because adults have college degrees. Oh, my gosh. Really? Like. Do you know how many people have dropped out of high school and are millionaires now? The path is not traditional for everyone. There's nothing wrong with the traditional path, but we definitely need to stop telling our children that that's the only way they're going to be successful because it's just not true. And you leave them with a false sense of they need to do X, Y, and Z again in order to be accepted and to be loved and to have that connection with people. So I listen, I've um, my oldest son is 19 years old. He um, just actually um, this past weekend, I was able to speak to him. He's been down um, at Paris Island um, in boot camp 
for the last uh, three months. And so that that was his chosen path. Like we didn't actually have anything to do with that. He made that decision. And I, my younger son is in middle school and Lord only knows what that child is going to do. Like he's, he's the rogue. Like he's the one who's just going to, whoo, very creative, very creative mind. It's beautiful to see. And so I fight myself sometimes when I look at like his grades because they're not like all, all A's all across, across the board. And I have to remind myself, you know what? That's really not that important. Like he's learning, you know, he's learning. What's important is that he's learning and he's growing. It's not important that he make principles list all through his, you know, elementary, middle school and high school career, because who cares? I mean, like, seriously, and I'm not saying throw out education, please don't make, you know, please don't get me wrong. But when I was in college taking my classes, I maintained a 4.0 GPA halfway through that five years. The first A minus I got, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I am not joking. I felt that way. Right. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It dropped my GPA to a 3.98. <laughs> and I thought the world ended. And my husband, bless him, looked at me and he said, babe, Nobody cares whether it says magna or summa or anything else. Nobody cares. No one's going to look at that. Nobody cares what your GPA was in college. And that hurt my feelings. And then I realized <laughs> that he was right. He's right. <laughs> so I learned to let some yeah. of that stuff go. And I'm much happier for it. I will say that I'm much happier with a lot of the things that I've let go. So we a lot of times we look at what we think other people are thinking of us. A lot of times they don't oh, really yes. that, right? And so yes. stop being worried about what other people think. Stop being worried about what your family think. You know, it, you have to stop worried about what your coworker thinks, your friends. Mm. I I am still achieving this. Like it's something I'm still working on. Like Crystal, I was going back to school for a second doctorate. I'm going to be very transparent. And I, I wanted to do it because I wanted to learn about different religions. And I thought that I'd be able to counsel people, you know, from a religious base, whatever your faith is, I could talk to you about it. Right. Yeah. But then I also did it because people kept asking me, do I have a degree in counseling? So I am a business major. That is my thing. I love business. I thought that I was going to be in New York City at some print marketing advertising firm. And that was going to be my dream job. I was going to wear a suit to work every day. I am so far removed from that. But God, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I started thinking that I needed to have this image in order to have a nonprofit, in order to help survivors. When I tell you, <laughs> this was like two months ago, I decided, well, I'm just not going to finish. I'm not happy. I don't, I don't like it. It's not for me. And I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And how many times in our lives are we doing things for the wrong reasons? Why are we on a job that we absolutely hate? We're doing it for the wrong reasons. And so I want to live my life now where I'm saying it's her or me. One got to go. 
That's right. I'm not going to be that person anymore. I am who I am. Either you're going to accept me or you're not. Like, <laughs> And I'm really embracing that. But I have to check myself sometimes. Are you doing this, Vanessa, for yourself? Or are you doing it because of what other people think or want you to do? And, and we have to look at that in our lives. You are so... Aw- all of the things like I, I need to throw up hearts myself. Like if anyone is like anyone who's watching this right now, like you need to throw up like all of the heart emojis right now for that because, <laughs> because it's true. And, and here is the kicker about all of that. When you, when that light bulb moment happens, when you stop for long enough, to shut out the opinions of other people. And, and, and you, you said it exactly right. Your perception of what other people's opinions are, because that's really what it is. Because I'm going to give everyone a little secret right here. They're not thinking about you. <laughs> Do you want to know why? Because they're doing the same thing you are. And they're thinking about themselves and what other people think about them who are not thinking about them. It is the most ridiculous, and I can say this from the rooftops, from the bottom of my whole heart, because that was me. Everything I did was based on the opinion of someone else, my perception of someone else's opinion, my whole life. Oh, my gosh. When I look back at that now, I'm like, girl, what was wrong with you? Because that created in me a person who was absolutely miserable. Because everything I did was not for me. Nothing I did was for me. Nothing was for my happiness. And again, I, I always kind of feel like I need to like put an asterisk by half of the things that I say and, and tell people, please understand, like, I'm not advocating that you become this selfish ogre, you know, and you you never care for anyone else. No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's about prioritizing yourself in right. your life. It's about filling your cup all the way up so that what you're giving is from your overflow, not you're dumping your cup out and there's nothing left for you. It's about filling yourself up to the brim. It's about finding your peace, your joy, your happiness, because honestly, that is the very best way to help other people around you. It just bottom line, it is. Again, I can only say that from my own experience, because prior to going through the journey that I went through, I would have looked at someone who said exactly what I just said. And I would have been like, oh, well, someone's full of themselves, aren't they? Let me just let me just do everything for me, you know, but that's not what it's about. It's about understanding, coming to that place with yourself because you don't get away from yourself. You have to live with you 24 seven, 365, all the days of your life. Everyone else could go away. You have to live with yourself. You spend the most time, you spend more time with yourself, obviously, than you would with anybody else. So why are you so worried about making everybody else around you happy? Why are you not putting that same focus on making yourself happy so that your life can be happy, regardless of what is happening around you? So I ask my clients two things. 
actually I ask them a lot of things, but two of the things that I ask them, what do you want? And I'm not talking about like, oh, well, I would like to have a, you know, we can get to the, I would like a bigger house or a different car right. or a different job. Like we, we get to that. But at the very basic level, what do you want? And then after they've thought about that for a little bit and they've chewed on that and they've been able to kind of, you know, think about that a little bit. My second question for them is, why do you want it? And just those two questions create so much space to really get to know who you are. And it allows you to start looking around and saying, well, if this is what I want, if I want peace, use that as an example. If I want peace in my life, why do I want that? Well, because it's going to make me a much more relaxed and happy and, and fulfilled, joyful person. All right, great. That's perfect. So now start looking around your life. What, what disrupts your peace? What's currently disrupting your peace? Is it that girl that you can't really get away from because you really you don't really like her all that much, but you you kind of feel like you got to keep her around because everybody else likes her. But every time you talk to her, it's like, oh, my God, the world's ending. And, you know, she's like chicken little and the sky is falling every single time you talk to her. Her whole world's blowing up every time you talk to her like girl. You should have blown up, you know, like three years ago, like you're still running around, like find something else to do. But it allows you that space to start really looking around and deciding whether or not things, people, places, jobs, fill in the blank, whether they really are pushing you forward toward that thing you said you wanted or whether they're actually pulling you away from it and preventing you from getting it. I love that. So those are two questions that all of us can use in different areas of our life. So you could look at your career, you could look at your family, your friends, you really can just evaluate your whole entire circle. Like I could see circles and bubbles, right? <laughs> that to evaluate each part of my life. And it's so important. And people will tell you the opposite of what you really want if you listen to them, right? Yes. I knew that I wanted to leave my government job. And people will say, you shouldn't leave your government job. You should retire. It's something that you should stick with. You know, you should be thankful that God gave you a job. And I'm like, no, I want to leave my government job, right? <laughs> because it didn't make me happy anymore. I knew that's not where I wanted to be. But other people will take you from your what and why. Yes. And so we yes. have careful about that, that we stay true to ourselves and not let other people, once we figure it out, we know people will distract you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of, that's part of the reason why so many of us take so long to actually get to know ourselves because so I'm a very visual person. I'm a very imaginative person. And as you like, you start talking about bubbles and instantly my imagination starts popping up bubbles and like dumping things into them. So, you know, I am one of those, like, if you say, don't think about a pink elephant, bam, there it is. You know, there's a pink elephant. So, um, but as you are thinking about that and processing that through on 
What do you want and why do you want it? As you start to look around, you start to realize that a lot of life, a lot of your early life, like teenager, 20s, even into your 30s, a lot of it, you've actually kind of been inside a pinball machine. And, and you know, you're that little silver ball. And, you know, you get shot off like a rocket and, and oh, this looks good. Nope, this looks good. Nope, this looks good. No, you know, and all of the bumpers that are in there, they're different people giving you your opinions. You should go to college. You should get a real job. You should wait until you're, you know, 30 before you get married. You shouldn't have kids. You should have kids. Why don't you have kids? Why aren't you married yet? Well, you know, and it's, I'm telling you, like, I, I took the path of, again, my my story allowed me to get married when I was 20 years old. You know, that that is my my story allowed me to get married when I was 20 years old. I have a good girlfriend who um, and, and I had my children early. I wanted to. Um, it was my choice because I laughingly but really seriously was like, by the time I'm 30, like I want to have all my kids by the time I'm 30, because when they're grown, I still want to be young enough to do something and enjoy my life. Right. right. Totally committed to devoting that 18 years or however many it was going to be to raising, you know, this child. But I don't want to be like 70 when they move out of my house. Like, again, my path, my journey. I have a very good girlfriend who wanted she did college and, you know, pharmacy school and career and all of these things. And she didn't get married until she was, oh, goodness, you know, well into her 30s. I don't think she had her first baby until she was mm, maybe 36, 37. And, you know, and then she had another one right after. And she looked at me, she goes, I don't know how you do this. And I was like, oh, sweetheart, there's no way I would do it now. <laughs> you know, like me. No, 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 no. Like if I were to have one of those like, oops, I'm almost 40. I'm going to have a baby. I don't know what I would do with myself. I'd go sit in a corner and cry because that's just, that's not my, you know, that's, that's not where I am anymore. Right. Right. You know? And so understanding and realizing the different paths that we all take and that none of them are wrong. They are our journey. They're our path. And so, again, like that whole, you know, we run into this struggle of um, what he said and what she said and what they all think we should do. But the bottom line is, it's your life. It's not his or hers or theirs. It's not your mom's or your dad's or your sister's or your friend's or social media's or, you know, it's not Hollywood's life. It's your life. And so what do you want to do with it? And it's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Never too late. Nope. And especially if you've had trauma early on in your life, it's not too late to change it around. Like That's if right. you've been in a domestic violence relationship, if it was child sexual abuse, if you've been assaulted, if you had a stalker, it's never too late to change your life around. And sometimes people feel like it's too late. It's not. People, no. people change careers in their 40s, you know, exactly. <laughs> you, you have to do it. I've seen people go back to college at 60. Yes. If it's your life. You create the narrative. You create this new story for your own life. 
And it's up to you to take control of it. If you want to be unhappy, depressed, and sad, that's the life you live. But you don't have to. Exactly. That's that is exactly right. And I love that. And oh gosh, one of the things that I have a a, a very real passion for is those, whether it's women, children, is for the survivor. And when I know a lot of people will say like victims of domestic violence, victims of sexual assault. And I understand the terminology. I do. But in the same respect, and I have not, I have been incredibly fortunate in my life. I have not been a victim of domestic violence. But what I can tell you is that if I were using the term victim allows for that path of it happened to me. And so that is just simply what it is. Whereas when I think of, in particular women, when I think of women who have found themselves in that situation, one of the things that I teach um, my clients and one of the things that I talk about a lot is you are where you are because of the choices you've made or allowed others to make for you, right? Now, that's not a statement of blame. I tell that to every single person that I meet because our life is simply a series of choices, the ones that we ourselves make or the ones that we stay silent on and therefore default allow someone else to make for us. The beauty of that is that every moment is the opportunity for a different choice. You do not have to remain in that place in the, I wanna say like victim mentality only because the word victim for me has such a negative, a negative wrap around it. Whereas survivor is definitely better um, because that to, just to me that brings to mind overcoming. I like the word overcomer even better, um, you know, because again, we're moving up that that positive scale. And here's one thing I know about people in general, women particularly. If we believe that we are a victim, we will stay in victim mentality. Whereas if we believe that we are an overcomer, if we believe that we are a victor, if we believe that we possess within ourselves the strength to stand, not to crawl, not to kneel, to stand in our God-given right as women to stand, then we will. It's it's all it's all a mind game. It's all where you perceive yourself to be and where you will allow yourself to go based on where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Where you are right now, you can only see this far. But when you get up to there, you can see a little further. And when you get up to there, you can see a little further. So there usually aren't like quantum leaps from, you know, like, I'm depressed to I am now magnificently happy. 
that's generally not the way it works. That's usually like drug induced, you know, oh, like that. Usually, has, <laughs> yeah, you know, like that. That usually has that something else, you know. But it's that incremental journey. It's that incremental step to where I'm depressed. Well, now I'm just kind of sad. To now I'm just kind of unhappy. And then even into, you know, now I'm kind of frustrated because that's a different emotion from depressed and sad. That actually starts to stir something in you to now maybe I might be even a little angry. Again, it's still on the negative side of the emotional scale, but there's some stirring there. There's some fire starting to build there to now I'm going to move into determination to move forward to push past, to keep putting one foot in front of the other each day. And then I'm going to start to move into, eh, well, you know, it's okay. But you keep building up that path to find yourself in that place of peace and joy and contentment and happiness. And so that is, you know, as we talk about, you know, language is very important to me too, but that's a whole different that's a whole that's a whole different show to talk about our language. But honestly, we as women in particular and men, too, because I don't want to leave the men out. But as women in particular, if we believe it, then we believe it. But a lot of us don't believe it because we can't first see it because we're still sitting somewhere with our eyes covered, you know, and then sometimes I want to address um, the victim part because I know people are saying, well, no, I didn't choose to be a victim. So I want to explain what she's saying because yeah. I want to expound on that because sometimes it's not that you choosing to be a victim. And in our organization, if a person say they're a victim, you're a victim. I always say champion. I always say survivor because for me, I don't like the word victim. I'm not a victim, but some people are in that place where they are. But I will tell you, you didn't choose um, for someone to rape you. You didn't choose for to be molested. Right. Mm -hmm. But you choose to change the narrative. You choose to stay in that place. You do choose whether or not you heal. And so that's really mm -hmm. what Crystal is saying. And I don't want you all to be like, what? I don't, I don't agree with that. What she's saying is that we make choices in our life and we can stay at this place that we're in or we can heal. You could try to do the work because it takes a lot of work to heal. It takes a lot of oh, work yes. to next level. Everything that we're talking about, we've worked hard to get to. Like Crystal talks like it's so easy, right? It, 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 it's, not. It, it's, not, it's not easy for her. Like she's been through a lot of things in her life to get to this place. And so I just want people to remember that. And also I agree about your language. You know, how do you see yourself? What do you verbally mm -hmm. say? Everything that you speak to the universe shall be. I truly believe yes. that every day. Truly, truly believe that every day. So think about that, what she's saying, because it'll help you get to the next level. Truly, it will. Yes. You yeah, I told you earlier, I feel like I need to put an asterisk behind half of the things that I say because, yeah, it is very easy to take them into a different place based on where you are where you are so if you're not in a place of healing then you will take something that a person says negatively yeah, absolutely yeah. Yeah. and yeah. that's just how our brains work that's so again, work. like you're if you did if you took what i said and were like 
Well, it's okay. Like, uh, honestly, it's okay. Because again, it's how we choose to view. It's how we choose to perceive. It's how we choose to view it. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that because it's, it's ours. Like, don't let anyone ever tell you that your feelings aren't valid, right? Your feelings are your feelings. They are valid. Your actions that you take from your feelings could be a different story, but your feelings are valid, you know? (laughs) Every time. And I'll tell people that when someone expresses their feelings to validate their feelings, you might not agree, but you validate that's how they feel. Yes. You have some comments, Crystal, that I want to get to. Um, Janae said, this is so true. It's like we wear a mask. That was way back at the beginning where you were talking oh, about wearing a mask. Feels no, so true. Um, you're correct. Some of us move into adulthood of people pleasing and become depressed. People don't think about that that will make you depressed and, and we can't really understand that. And learning yourself is key and what truly makes you happy. I'm still learning and growing. That's from Janae. Then also, Nicole said, I agree. After my last child left, I did not know what to do with my time or life. Oh, that's a lot of us. We say, when our children turn 18, when they're grown, we're going to do this and that. Then life hit us and we're like, what am I going to do next? Right. Nicole, I totally agree. (laughs) And Tracy said, my daughter was the same way. I had to explain that to her. That it's not the end of the world that she received a C, but she was distraught. (laughs) I was That that younger child I was telling you about, okay, the one there, I really kind of like, dude, just make it through, like make it decent, you know, like do I tell them, do your best. Like if your best is a B, if your best is a C, fine, but I want you to put forth the effort, right? Like I'm not looking for the grade, I'm looking for the effort. That hit home. My own struggles with perfectionism came full frontal for me. I was in college, that story I told about that first A minus, right? And I was so frustrated about it. My child was in the third grade then, and he came home with his very first B on a report card, right? B as in boy. And I was like, oh, dude, this is such a great report card. And the child had a meltdown. I wonder where he gets it Because that B wasn't an A. That's right. And I realized, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, right? Like he's watching me like flip out because I got an A minus on something and now here he's gotten a B. So now he's just like horrible, right? He's awful. I've written him off because he didn't have straight A's. Again, what we perceive when we are children, because we don't understand that adults are kind of crazy and they just, we need not pay that much attention to how they behave. You know, children need not pay that much attention to adults and how we behave. But it's true right there. Yes. Like she received a C, just like Tracy said, she received a C and she was distraught. Why? Because she had a mindset that said, if I don't achieve perfection, if I don't achieve an A, if I don't achieve this, then my worth and my value goes down. Goes down. Yep. Tracy also said, um, those words are good, survivor and overcomer, but a person that has been victimized is a victim. You don't stay a victim, but you are a victim that has overcome a trauma. That's a good explanation, Tracy. That is a good explanation. Uh, yeah. 
you 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 are a victim that has overcame and got to that next level. And and then you decide if you still want to refer to yourself as a victim or not. You know, yes. and how do you want to perceive your next life? I'm real big on you have a right to tell it. You have a right to sh share your story. You had the right to change your narrative. Yes. yes. You rewrite Absolutely. your Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that our perception is from our own place. That's and right. if that is how we see ourselves, then that is what is true for us. You know, again, like I personally, I don't like that. I'm I'm in agreement with you, um, Vanessa. I don't really like that word victim because for me, there's a lot of just, there's a lot of difficulty and there's a lot of negative wrapped up with that word for me. Right. Because of my own experience with it, because of everything else. So I don't particularly like that word, but that doesn't mean that other people can't use it to describe who they are, the situation they find themselves in, you know, it just means that I'm going to try not to use that word for myself. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I'm in total so, agreement there. I don't even call myself a victim advocate. I am a survivor advocate, period. Like yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. That who, who I have defined myself as I am a survivor advocate. And I think that we all have the right, to define our lives and our titles the way we want. Yes. Nobody could tell you who you are, what you're supposed to do. And they might give you a job title on a job, but I'm past that. I I am the one that says, this is the woman that I am. And, yes. and define that. And I love that you do the same thing. We yes. don't let others define who we are. And that is no. important. But you can't do that if you don't know who you are. That's exactly right. And that is like, that is that critical step. Because if you are not the person who is defining who you are, then everyone else is doing it for you. Mm -hmm. And instead of being an active, um, oh, what's the word I want to live? Uh, instead of being an, I don't want to say participant, instead of being an active leader in your life, instead of like being the person who is in charge of your life, you are essentially, you've become a follower in your own life. If you're not leading the charge, then you are following someone else. And that, and again, that is your own life. And I talk about that from a place of knowing that's what it was for me. I did not lead my life. It to the outside world, you would have thought, oh, wow, like, yeah, she's, She's got all of her stuff together and this, that, and the other. Yep. Mm-hmm. No. No, no, I didn't. I was really good at pretending, though. I was really good at making people think that. They thought I did, too. But now <laughs> social media, if people start learning more and more about me. I'm very transparent. And they're like, wow, Vanessa, I didn't know that. Yeah, I smiled every day. Went to work a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. People had no idea. You know, my husband and I, like I said, we've been married for 18 years and we we did go through a period of some pretty um, difficult issues. And I would um, I would be getting off the phone with him in the morning on my way to work from a heated like over the phone, but like knockdown, drag out, you know, screaming match. And I would get off the phone and I would walk into my office 
with just the biggest smile and good morning and how are you? And, you know, like everything, you know, I also had the gift of compartmentalizing. So when I got out of my car, I was no longer in my personal life. I was now in my business life and her, she came in and took over. And so everyone saw her. So, yeah, I mean, they're just now at this point in my life, I'd be like, <clears throat> we can talk about that later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, first off, like we can either talk about that later or we can devote the time to it now. But, you know, like the push pull of needing to be one or the other just does not exist for me anymore because all of who I am has now morphed and blended into what you see. And, and that that's just it. Like, this is me. Like, I will tell you, Vanessa, <clears throat> I did put on this pretty necklace for you tonight. Thank um, you. <laughs> I did put on this pretty necklace for you tonight. Um, but like, really, like, I wear makeup every day, you know, and people are like, oh, we always just, yeah, because I like it. You know, I do it for me. Like, I, I did put, I did wear this necklace for you, but, uh, you know, like, what I do every day is because it fulfills me. And so I encourage everyone else who is watching, who is either live or who will watch this in the replay, make sure that you are doing the things in your life for you. That's right. Not for anyone else, for you. And you'll be so much happier. I so love it. <laughs> I do it for me. Um, Tracy did have another comment. She said, you become a bystander watching people control your life. Oh. So we do that. We have to do it for us. We That's right. For us. Yes. All right, so we're coming to the end. I've had such oh, a my goodness. I wanted to know, did you have any last things that you wanted to say, any information that you wanted to give our listeners? Um, you know what? What I want to leave the listeners with are those two pivotal questions that I ask my clients. Okay. What do you want? And why do you want it? And be honest with yourself. Like, seriously, be honest with yourself. The first answer that comes up to your mind, ask yourself, do I really want this? Or is this something that somebody else wants or somebody else thinks I should want? And just, again, it's just you inside your mind. If you can't be honest with yourself, I'll I'll give you a hint. It's going to be a struggle. I know because I had to go through that too, but you can get there. You can get there. I promise. But the more honest you are with yourself in answering the questions of what do you want and then why do you want it? And don't be ashamed about what you want or why you want it because it is coming from you. And that that is where you start finding that path into the happy life that you want to live. So I just want to, yeah, I want to leave with those two questions. What do you want and why do you want it? And um, Vanessa, and people can find me everywhere on social media at Crystal Fry. Um, it's F-R-E-I-E. -E. Um, it's not free, but everybody makes that mistake. But it so just there's an I in there. <laughs> I love it. And tell us about your seven day challenge because Crystal has a seven day challenge that is free that I would love for you all to participate in. 
Yes. So it is for, um, so I'm running a seven day challenge. It actually starts on Sunday um, in my empowered successful women group um, on Facebook. So yes, I have a group for empowered successful women, right? Who, you know, who would have thought, but it's a seven day challenge where I'm actually going through and I'm helping women um, again for free. So I'm investing a lot of my own time and my effort and energy into this, but I am helping women to overcome that not good enough gremlin. I call it a gremlin because, you know, that's really what it is. You know, they're ugly. And when you put water on them, they turn into weird things. And when you shine um, light on them, they explode and go away. Right. And so right. that's what we do. We shine light into that darker place of not good enough, because when you can call it by name and you can shine light on it, it loses a whole lot of power. It loses a whole lot of power. So um, if you need any information about that, feel free to, um, you can shoot me a message on Facebook. Um, you can come and again, find me at Crystal Fry and I'll be happy to give you all the details on it. And I'll share it on the Hush No More page. So it'll awesome. be there. and I'll put it in the group message so that everybody can see it too. So thank you, Crystal. You have been amazing. Thank you for oh, joining us. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we are hushnomore.org. That's where you can find us at. You can find us on social media. If you need any resources, you need somebody just to listen. If you want to share your story, if you're ready to just hush no more, please contact us because this is what we do. We have discussions every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please join us every week because we have great guests. Matter of fact, on February 28th, we have Latasha Jackson McDougal. She's going to talk about red flags of teen dating violence. So you and your children should be watching this show because teen dating violence is truly on the rise. So next Tuesday, have your kids listening in with you or share it with them. March 2nd is going to be Mary Night. We're going to talk about spiritual rituals and the KKK as it relates to child sexual abuse. That's going to be one of those ones I can't wait to have as well. A great conversation. And then um, February 20th, this Saturday, if you are in Rock Hill, South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, please join us for the Hush No More two-year anniversary. We're going to do Lady Self-Defense. It's going to be a great afternoon. It's going to be free food. We're going to have free gifts for everybody that attends, and we want to learn how to fight back. And so I'm excited about that. And then April is coming up. April is coming up. I'm so excited because that's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. If you are a poet and have any type of art that you want to share, we're having a spoken word on April the 16th. Please contact us to participate. Also, we're having Spear Warrior training where we're going to, again, teach you how to fight back with Lance Adams. That's going to be on Saturday, the 18th of April. That one's going to be really, really good. It's going to be live, but we're also going to social distance as well. And then on April 19th, we're going to do this um, Hush No More Sexual Assault documentary screening. So join us for that. And then at the end of the month, on the 24th of April, we're going to do the child sexual abuse training. So we would love for you to participate with us all during the month of April. We're going to be raising a lot of awareness, have some great guest speakers. So join us and just learn more because we believe that awareness plus knowledge equals prevention. So thank you for joining us. It is truly an honor to be able to share my guests with you. Crystal, you are amazing. Thank you for being awesome for women and being a voice and for deciding that you're going to hush no more. So good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us.